Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. Hey, thank you for being with us today. And uh, we are just thrilled to be with you. Um, we're, we are smack bang in the middle of this series. And uh, thank you for the comments that you guys have been sending through. And thank you, Helen, for those beautiful uh, prayers that have been lifted up on behalf of our nation and our state. And guys, there's no doubt about it. These are very interesting times. And that's why we need a series like Winning the War in Your Mind, because it is just so important to win that battle because it dictates everything else in our life. So anyway, we're going to make a start. Would you bow your heads with me right now? And, uh, and let's pray that this message resonates with your spirit and that you can remember this for years to come. Father, I thank you for everyone that is watching uh, near and abroad. Father God, I thank you that you are doing something with your word. And I just pray in Jesus' name that everybody would be blessed and everyone at home said amen. Well, guys, seriously, it is wonderful uh, to bring the word today. I'm really excited about this message. And today... Um, we're going to be talking about destroying negative thoughts. Does anybody want to know how to destroy negative thoughts? I don't know about you, but it's something that I've got to constantly deal with. But I honestly believe that God has got a plan, and, uh, and I've employed a lot of these principles. And I've got to tell you, it has kept me going throughout the years, and I believe it will also help you. Why? Because it is impossible to live a positive life with a negative-filled mind. Yes, it absolutely is, guys. So we can't just let our mind run rampant with negative thoughts and then wonder why our life isn't being positive. The biggest battles you will ever face will be the battles between your two ears raging within your mind. And that's why the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, this has been our, our go-to verse, chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. I'm going to read it again. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So we're not going to employ the world's principles, okay? Unless they're followed God's principles, then, we, then we're okay with it. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of our world. Look at the terminologies he's using, weapons. Why would he say weapons? Because we're in a war and God wants us to win the battle. He says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do with those thoughts? He says, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. You notice how he doesn't say we take captive of every behavior. No, because if we can take captive of our thoughts, then our behavior just simply follows along. So guys... I think we started off this series pretty clearly explaining how our thoughts work. And I'm just going to recap that very quickly. But simply, our mind is, just, is, is full of what we call synapses. And, and, and in between the two synapses, there's what they call the synaptic cleft. And when you have a thought, an electrical charge goes from one synapsis to another. And, and what it actually does is it creates a bridge between those two, two, two synapses. So essentially, every time you have a thought you are making it easier for yourself to have that thought again. I'm going to say that again. Every time you have a thought, you're making it easier for yourself to have that thought again. So when you have a negative thought, 
or a positive thought or whatever it may be, the minute you have that thought, you've created what we call a goat's trail throughout your mind between one synapsis to another. But the minute you have that thought again, you've now created a footpath. The minute you have that thought again, now I'm not just talking about once, but I'm talking about over and over again. You've now created a road that cars can travel on. And for some of us, we've had that thought so many times. It's such a well-rehearsed thought. We've created a six-lane superhighway of negativity. So what started many years ago as just a very simple thought, and you allowed it to take place, and we didn't correct it. We didn't take hold of it and make it submit to the Word of God under Jesus. We just let that negativity run rampant. Friends, for some of us, what started as a goat's trail today, we have a six-lane superhighway, but God wants us to build new roads, amen? New New road paths that take us down a positive path so that our lives can be positive. Our marriages can be positive. Our interaction with our children, with our employees can be positive. Amen. Come on, is someone saying amen out there? Woo! Can I just sing you a song? I'm going to sing you Yesterday by the Beatles. Are you ready? Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far. Remember that song? How? I just think we should sing that song in church. At some stage, because I just want to remember the good old days. <laughs> remember the good old days we could actually meet in church and all that? Yeah, wasn't that fun? Hey, listen, I'm talking about overcoming negative thoughts right now. So right now, you should be saying to me, hey, Pastor Rich, what are you doing out there? What I was doing was actually being slightly negative, and it's just not good, is it? No, 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 we, we, we didn't come here for that. We came here to hear some positive news, and I've got some great news for you. Friends, has anyone ever heard about a cognitive bias? Some of you have heard of it. Some of you may not have heard of it. Let me tell you what it is. It's going to be up on your screen. A cognitive bias is a limitation in objective thinking. It's when you can't think objectively. Okay? Why? And it's caused by the tendency by the, for the human brain to perceive information through a filter. Everyone say filter. Through a filter of personal experiences and preferences. What's that telling us? Every single person right now is experiencing a cognitive bias unless you purposely decide to not live through, it, through that filter. And, 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 and here's some of the signs. Let me give you some of the signs. I, I looked this up online. Have a look at some of the signs of whether you have a bias right now, a cognitive bias, where you can't actually think objectively about what's going on in the world. You only tend to see it through the filter that you've got over your mindset. So here's, here's just a couple of things. Tell me if you are experiencing any of this. You only pay attention to news stories that confirm your opinions. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and anything else, your brain just struggles to even cope with it because, because the filter, the bias won't allow you to do that. You're blaming outside factors when things don't go your way. You're attributing people's success to luck, but you take personal credit for your own accomplishments. These are all biases, friends. And for some of you, you're thinking, yeah, that's me right now. You're assuming that everyone else shares your opinions. That's a, negative, that's a bias. That's a cognitive bias. When you think everyone believes what I believe, well, unfortunately not. Uh, learning a little bit about a topic and then assuming that you know everything that there is to know about it is a cognitive bias, friends. And many of us experience this. Now, what we, what we tend to do, friends, is as we live through life, 
we start to ignore the facts and we live by the filter. So what we're, what we're seeing here is, guys, now I've got some really cool trendy 70s glasses here. Okay, I'm going to take off my glasses. And, and, and friends, this is how some people are living life. You've got, you've got a filter that you see everything through. And, 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 and for some of you, I don't know how these look online, but anyway, I just coloured them in with some whiteboard marker, okay? And I can't see a thing out there, but I'm just believing you're still there watching. Do you know, you know there are some ladies, for example, you've got, the, you've got the cognitive bias, you've got the filter that all men are horrible. Why? Because you've experienced some negative relationships with men. Maybe your father didn't treat you well, your ex-boyfriend said some things, and now when the new guy comes along, he's trying to be really nice to you, but the filter you've got on is, nah, he wants something at any minute now, he's going to tell me that there's something wrong with me, and then because of that, we tend to be mean and nasty and push him away. And of course, guys do the same thing with girls. Friends, what are we talking about? It's a, it's a filter. And today we need to adjust that filter to allow God to show us what's really going on in different circumstances in our lives. Amen. I have to take them off because I can't read the next thing here. Oh, how about this one? Some of us have got the filter that when you see somebody in a sports car, because your parents told you that, oh, he must do the drug. He must, he must, he sell the drug, right? No, there's no chance. I've got to take these things off. And that's what I hope you're going to do by the end of this service. Now, you know, for some of us, you were raised that every time your parents or someone in a, in a nice, fancy car, they're obviously a drug dealer. Now, the only problem with that is if that's your filter, as you start to develop your business and you start doing well, all of a sudden you're the guy driving the fancy car. There is a thing called self-sabotage. What does that mean? You feel so guilty because of the filter that was placed upon you you start to think to yourself, I can't own this thing because it's wrong. Somehow I've got this car through ill-gotten gains. When really you just worked hard for it. And I've seen friends literally sabotage their businesses because they couldn't cope with the wealth that came with it because they were told that wealthy people have earned their income through an illegal fashion. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Come on, let's check our mental biases, God, our cognitive biases. It's a filter. Do you know, when Helen and I go to Germany... Um, and I talk to some pastors and I say, guys, come on, you need to cast some vision in your church. You need to cast some vision. Oh, no, Pastor Richard, we can't do that here. Why not? Oh, because there was another man a few years ago. He cast vision and it didn't go very well for our country in World War II. Are you, are you, you know where I'm going with this? So we've got pastors in Germany who will not cast vision because of the cognitive bias that if, you, if you're too passionate about something and if you cast vision, you must be taking our church or our country down a negative road. It's just not true. It's a negative bias. And so we've got to check our bias, friends, all the time because it's a filter. You know, two, two sets of people walk into our church. One guy walks in. Wow. Man, everyone's friendly here. People shake your hand. People ask you about your life. It's amazing. I love this church. I'm joining Lifehouse Church. It is the friendliest. Same service. Another person walks in. How come everybody wants to shake your hands? What do they want from me? What's going on? I've heard about churches like this. And, and why are they asking me questions about where I work? What do they want to do? Do they want to come and rob my business? Same facts. Same facts. Different filter. 
And right now in our world, right now in your relationship, right now in different things going on, what filter are you processing the facts with? Because I'm telling you right now, it will dictate your life. How do we know that? Because we see in Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 to 33, we see that Moses sends 12 spies into the land. Now, wait for it. They all see the same things. They all experience the same facts, except that some had the I am scared and I can't trust God filter. And some had the I can trust God because he did it back then and he can do it again filter. And right now, we are living in a generation where some people are like, oh my gosh, where are we headed? And some people are saying, oh my gosh, where are we headed? Who are you? Where are you in all of this? Because friends, we need to take hold of the negative bias because these people who saw what they all saw, two said, we can take the land. Ten, the majority, I'm going to say that again, the majority said, we can't take the land. What was the outcome? They walked around a desert for 40 years, guys. But two people said that we could. So here it is, guys. Don't be surprised that most people have a negative bias. Don't be shocked by that. Don't feel like you are you know, all alone because maybe you are more like Joshua and Caleb rather than the 10. By the way, do we even know the names of the 10? No, we don't. And here it is, guys. I, I don't want people losing their influence during this time because for a lot of people, you had a great influence with people. You were the positive guy. You were the positive girl. You were the poop person that people came to. But during this season, because there's trials and tribulations, for some people, you're losing your influence because people are a little bit shocked by your negative bias because what they need is hope right now. Now, it doesn't mean we ignore facts. Hear my heart here. What I'm saying is, is God still in control? Amen. 100%. We're going to get into that in a moment, right? Because Proverbs 22 verse 12 says this. It says, the Lord preserves those with knowledge, but he ruins the plans of the treacherous. I love that. What is it saying? You know, guys, are there some treacherous plans going on in your world right now? Well, God's going to ruin their plans. What does that mean? We can still keep believing. We can still trust God. For some people, I feel like I'm about to go broke. Hey, by the way, if you are experiencing hardship in any way, shape or form, Please reach out to your church. We love you, and we're going to make a way forward for you. If whatever we can do to help you, we're going to do it, friends. So you don't need to feel alone. You are not alone in this season. Friends, what is, what, what is it about gravity that, that negativity has a lot? There's a lot of similarities between the two. Let me tell you what it is. Um, what can I use here? Here. I'll use my Bible here for a moment, although it is a very positive book. Let me tell you something about gravity. It doesn't take any work to make it happen. right? You don't have to be smart. don't have to be clever. Just let nature run its course. And if I just keep pushing this thing off the edge, it will just fall to the ground. That's what gravity does. You don't need to think about it. You don't need a degree. You don't need anything. Gravity will have its way, friends, just like negativity will have its way. Just do nothing. Just do nothing, 
Don't work at it, and you will find that your, your, your mind will just casually wander over toward negativity. But you know, where our church is, you know, just not too far away, there are these really large objects, like they're really large, and they weigh about 500 tons. But they do this amazing thing where they actually defy gravity. They defy it. And what they do is that they actually go down a runway and they, and they take off into the sky. I'm talking about aeroplanes, guys. Do you, remember, do you remember those things? I'm going to show you a photo here. Do you remember those things? Remember we used to catch those and, and go to different places and stuff? I just enjoy just looking at it. Just stare at it for a while, guys. It, it'll bring back good memories for you. Did you know that, that this guy here, he could, he could submit to gravity? He actually he weighs 500 tonnes. He could easily submit to gravity and just let gravity have his way in him. But when he, this guy here, could be a she, by the way, when this plane employs four principles, it supersedes the law of gravity. It supersedes it. Because gravity is a law. Pastor Rich, what do you want me to do? It is what it is. The facts are the facts. Well, yeah. But if we work a little bit harder, we could actually become more like the aeroplane and defy what's going on around us. And while everyone else is feeling negative, somehow you're feeling up and positive, just like our friend here, Mr. Lufthansa. So what are the four principles that he employs? They're called the law of aerodynamics. Here, here they come. It's thrust, lift, drag, and weight. I'm going to say it again. It's thrust, lift, drag and weight. And I'm going to take those four principles with the few minutes I have left, and we're going to walk, work through these. And I'm wondering if we employ the same principles as our Mr. Lufthansa friend, I wonder if we can get lift off and we can be soaring like a big bird in the sky rather than feeling negative and down and upset. Maybe we can be like this guy. So what's the first thing? Well, we need to turn up the thrust of thankfulness. Come on. Put it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Here it comes. Be thankful in some circumstances, is what the Bible says. No, it doesn't. It says in all circumstances. It says this is God's will for you. Pastor Richard, what's God's will for my life? Be thankful. Be thankful. He says, because this is God's will for all who belong to Christ Jesus. Friends, to overcome negativity, you've got to cultivate thankfulness. Philippians, which is a beautiful verse that Helen was just referring to, uh, verse 6 of chapter 4, it says, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He has done. Thank Him. And then it says, then. So everything that's about to come only happens because you and I have been thankful. Then, then it says you will experience God's peace. Imagine going to bed at night, every night, having God's peace. How do you get it, Pastor Rich? Be thankful, friend. Be thankful. It says, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And then what happens next? His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Woo! Come on. Guys, that's, what it's, that's where we're living that's where we're living. Don't just do what nature wants you to do. Come on, let's supersede that law, that principle. Amen. The seeds, 
This is going to come up on your screen. The seeds of negativity cannot grow in the soil of thankfulness. Come on. Come on. It's the truth, friends. I wonder what would happen if you just sat back and were a little bit more thankful. I was just reading a tweet from a, a, a reporter, a female reporter from Afghanistan. And honestly, it moved me. She said, today, I was flicking through Instagram. This is what she says. I was flicking through Instagram, looking at all the other countries of the world and wishing I could be there. And I'm thinking, I live in one of those countries. Now, life is not perfect where I live, but it's not Afghanistan, friend. And I tell you what, it's important to stay thankful, friends. Some of you are living in the most beautiful homes. You drive the loveliest cars. Your kids are healthy. Things are shaping up. You've got contracts coming in everywhere. But yes, there are limitations around us. Friends, what filter are you wearing? Are you looking for the things that are wrong? Are you looking for the limitations of your life? Or are you looking for the things that God has done and He is doing and He is going to do for you in Jesus' name? Come on, someone. Hey, we need to... We, we need to Get that thrust going. This aeroplane needs thrust. It needs those engines to produce some thrust. Then what happens next? Well, it needs lift. Lift. And how do we get lift? Have a look at what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17 says. It says, so, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Watch this. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Friends, what do we need to lift? Lift up your eyes and look for opportunities. Look for the opportunities that are only going to be here during this season. Maybe they're going to continue outside of this season. But what an opportunity we have to be the light and salt in these dark, evil days right now. Friends, people are hurting. People are wondering what's going on in the world. And we've got the answer. We're not stressed. We know how it all ends. Now there's trouble, and this is not ideal, but listen to me. What an opportunity we have. Do you, know, do you remember when Joseph spoke to his brothers? And he said, he said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. And I was listening to a song today that said, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Hey, listen, friends, the enemy is loving this season. But don't you think this is an opportunity for God's people? to also be looking for opportunities to love and to forgive and to give hope and joy. People right now are waking up on Sunday morning and and they're thinking, I can't go to my cafe. What am I going to do? You know what? They're scrolling through Facebook and you found us because there's nothing much else to do. And here you are listening to this word. Hey, listen, God is speaking to you. And and if life is really tough for you right now, maybe you've, you've just come across us, friends, and you've never heard this before. And some of you are honestly... You're in a pretty dark place. You're, you're, you're thinking about self-harm. You're thinking about ending things. You're thinking that life is over. Friends, I'm telling you right now, it's not over. And let me speak that into your spirit. There is hope. There is a God who cares for you. He's got a plan for your life, and he's going to continue to move you forward. Come on, someone. You, do, you should be clapping right there at home right now. Wherever you are, come on, rejoice. You know, the Apostle Paul was in a, a Roman prison. You know, I'm sure he would have loved to have gone to Rome and just preached the gospel out in the open. And, and, but he didn't get a chance to do that. He was actually put into prison. And, and, and what could have been a disaster, what could have been such a negative for him, this is what he says in chapter 1, verse 12. He says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, remember, he's in a dungeon, guys. He's in lockdown. 
Okay, He says that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Are you serious, Paul? Why? How did that happen? He says, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. What's he doing? He's preaching the gospels to his captors. And you know what? That makes them a captive audience. These people couldn't leave if they wanted to. So the Apostle Paul got to preach to these people in eight-hour shifts. And he would just get to preach his best messages. He was preaching his message about God is for you and not against you. He was preaching about the cross. He was preaching about the empty tomb. And these poor prison guards are like, man, I'm just, I'm just here to be a prison guard, bro. And he's like, no, you're not. You're here to be my little church. And he was preaching the gospel in prison. And watch this. He says, and because of my imprisonment, he says, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Hey, what's that saying to me and you? People are watching us. They're watching us, friend. And if they're seeing fear in us, then they're going to feel fearful too. Parents, let me be really clear with you. Don't speak fearfully around your children. Don't let them feel like this world is out of control because they can't process it. They need to see a stability in mum and dad. They need to see that, hey, kids, God has got this. But if they're seeing a nervousness in your face and a worry, and friends, if you need someone to reach out to you to pull you out of wherever you're headed, do it because your children are watching you and they need to know that my parents are believing that the best is still yet to come in Jesus' name. Hey, you know, during this lockdown, look, it's, it's, it's been horrible. Of course it has. But I've got to tell you, some of the best memories that I think I've ever, I've ever developed in my life have happened during this season. I'm having, I'm having conversations with, with my children that, honestly, I was a little bit busy to, to do before. And for some of you, you I'm serious, your life has slowed down a little. I know it's frustrating, but I'm watching you walk around the streets when you've got your kids, and you were too busy to do that before. You know, I spoke to a guy. He's a, a construction manager. And I uh, had a coffee with him, and we went for a walk. And I said, so what are you thinking? Are you going to get back into the industry? He goes, no, you know what? We decided, he and his wife, we're not gonna, I'm not going to go back to that. I said, why not? He goes, I just didn't realise how much little time I was spending with my kids. I said, so you're walking away a very high-paying job. He goes, you know what? I would rather be home because I'm going to start a home business. He's had a whole pivot happen because of the, this. His previous behaviour may have gone on forever and he may have turned 60 and had the deepest regrets that he didn't spend time with his kids. But during this season, the opportunity that he discovered was to be able to spend time with his children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I wonder what God... Come, Friends... Come on. What glasses are you wearing? Doom and gloom? Or where's the opportunity? What, what, what could God be possibly be doing in my life? Some of you are going to change careers because of where we're going and because of what we're doing. Amen? Come on. I want to speak this into your spirit. Best conversations that have happened. Pray. Ask God for opportunities. You know, I, I feel, we feel a, uh, we're feeling a little bit bad here at as the staff at Lifehouse, because we've got a staff feed. And in all honesty, it's just, this is how it goes these days. Wow, that guy gave his life to the Lord. Oh, so-and-so's cousin gave their life. And we get, we get the inside story. Maybe you don't hear it enough, friends, but as a staff, he got, he got saved. He gave his life to Jesus. Oh, he finally surrendered his heart to the We are just seeing it happen over and over. And, and these are people who may not have done that unless we were going through what we're going through. Are you hearing what because God can take what the enemy meant for evil and he's going to turn it for good in Jesus' name. Come on, someone. Amen. So that's the second one. 
I've got a couple more minutes left. Here we go. What's, what's the third principle that the aeroplane employs? It's called drag. Okay? And, and, and you know what? What is drag literally on an aeroplane? An aeroplane has to go fast enough. It has to, have, has to have enough power that as the wind goes over it, it can still go through the air. Okay? And that's what creates the lift. As the wind goes over the wings, it lifts it up. Friends, hey, listen. Who's dragging you down? Hey, come on. For some of us, we're trying to overcome our negative thinking. Who are you hanging out with? Because for a lot of us, that's the problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Come on, I want you to read this out with me if you're at home. Mom, dad, brother, sister, cousins, whoever you are, look at each other. Here it comes. It says, do not let anyone fool you. Bad people can make those who want to live good become bad. Pretty clear, isn't it? Who are you hanging out with? Are they, are they people who are constantly stopping you from speaking negative because they believe there is a hope? Or are they people that are feeding it and putting logs of fire onto your, onto your negativity? Come on, make a decision. Who are you hanging out with? You know, when you look at a battleship, it's, there's going to be one right behind me right now. You know, these things weigh thousands of tons, like thousands. Like, check that thing out. It is huge. And do you know, it's not made out of some, some type of flotation device, guys. It's not made out of plastic or rubber. It's made out of steel. How does steel float on water? How does it do that? Well, quite simply, the way in which this, this thing stays afloat is that as long as the water doesn't get into the hull, it will stay afloat. Obviously, it's about displacement and all that. But my point is, this thing will go down in a hurry if that vast ocean gets into the hull, it's finished. But that ship can sit on top of the ocean and never sink. Hey, listen, we need to be ships that are sitting on top of the negativity going on in the world at the moment. And we can get through this if we would just sit on top of it. But listen, don't let the negativity get into you. Okay, We can't stop the negativity of, what, of what's going on out there. And for some of us, you're taking full responsibility for the negativity in the world. Stop. It's not your fault. But when you allow that negativity to get into your spirit, friends, your ship will sink. And that's not God's will for you. So what do we need to do? We need to put on the thrust. Amen? The thrust of thankfulness. We need to lift up your eyes. The lift of lifting up our eyes for opportunity. We need to get away from the people that are going to drag us down. Amen? Come on, that's what we need. Do you know, let's go back to those 10 people who were very negative who stopped a whole generation from getting into the promised land. Whatever, I wonder what ended up happening to those people. Have a look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 37. It says, These men who brought the very bad news about the land died of a disease before the Lord. They all got wiped out. And you know what? I don't believe God's killing people. He's not doing that. But I tell you what can easily die in this season is your influence. And I don't want you to lose your influence. I want you to be the person that people are running to because you are the tower of hope. You are the smart person. You are the person who can see all the facts and you know that things aren't good, but you have found the good. You have found the hope. 
You have found the well that people can drink from. And I don't want, you, I don't want your, your influence to die, my friend. I want it to grow. That At the end of all this season, people go, you were the tower of hope for me. You were the person who, when I would speak to you, you would always give me that extra day, that extra month. You would just keep me going. That's what I want for all of our lives in this season. Come on, someone. Let's believe that God can do that in our spirit. Amen. Verse uh, Proverbs 11, verse 27. This is what it says. It says, If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. It, it'll come after you, friend. Now, I'm looking for good. What can I find that is good during this season? And the last one, with the, with, with the few seconds I have left, you know, the, the last of the principles to get an airplane into the sky is weight. It's the principle of weight. And, you know, that was a bit tricky for me. I'm thinking, God, how, do I, how, do I, what's, how does that work as a principle? Well, you know what? And then I found 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Watch what it says. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction. Now, he's talking about being stoned to death. He's talking about people being whipped. He's talking about people who were shipwrecked. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal, here it comes, weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I wonder what God is doing in you during this season. Is he creating a weight of glory? Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.